you don't sound autistic. Well, uh, what does an autistic person Wait. sound like? You're autistic? Yeah, I'm telling you that. You don't even look autistic. But, but we're talking about... Yeah, but, but I don't buy it. But I, I was diagnosed with autism and ADHD and anxiety and depression. You don't sound autistic. And we're alive. We're and back. We're back. Welcome back to You Don't Sound Autistic. I'm Blake. And I'm Rochelle. And I'm autistic. And I'm not. So she says. I'm empathic. Yes, she's very empathic. It's on the neurobiodiversity scale, but I am not autistic. So let's jump right into it. We missed last week uh, because I was, I almost said diagnosed. That's not the right word. <laughs> no. um, I was uh, testing, I tested positive for COVID. Yes. And then, so I was uh, on quarantine and then... Declan tested positive for COVID and then Rochelle tested positive for COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've all been exposed and now um, we're not quarantining anymore. So this is our first real time to hang out since um, we started getting sick. Well, and I was um, hacking my way through the last episode, which again, apologies for and thank you for sticking with me on. Apparently I had um, an allergy cold that started six weeks ago that turned into bronchitis so I was testing negative for COVID at first and then I I started to heal from bronchitis and went oh I still don't feel good and I was like you guys have to retest me and sure enough eventually I joined the COVID party. She joined the club. (laughs) So we've been home um, recovering from COVID Um, more than likely and we're just we're just we're just assuming this here but um more than likely the delta variant because Declan got it also um the alpha strain was not as um prominent in children in kids yeah but um it's entirely possible that that Declan's the one that brought this to us <laughs> so right well we, yeah we're not sure exactly where it came from but i know that we all got sick yeah and um so, you know, it's a really interesting experience because there's there's surviving COVID and then there's Delta COVID and then there's um, being neurobiodiverse working with COVID. And um, there are some very interesting alignments that happen um, because I believe that neurobiodiversity is kind of always living in a chronic state of fight or flight and um, that's ramping up your immune system and so COVID does exactly the same thing so on one hand it makes this uh, our population more susceptible I think to COVID who's our population the neurobiodiverse population you're, ADHD you're lumping yourself in with the neurobiodiverse crowd now huh I do believe that empaths and um, both on both sides of the scale are part of neurobiodiversity it's okay. not autism it's not ADHD it's you know, it's not Tourette's or dyscalculia, but it... You just it, want to sit at the cool kids table. It fits in the category of neurological impact. You can check it out on my website, RochelleChandler.com. There's a neurobiodiversity page. If you disagree with me, let me know. Um, but it's part of my research. Yeah, don't forget to look at Rochelle's website and don't forget to join our Facebook group, which is aptly named You Don't Sound Autistic. Be port... Be port. Be part of the conversation. <laughs> Be part of the conversation, rather. Absolutely. Um, so what else did you want to touch on as far as COVID was concerned? Since it, I mean, it is obviously something that we're all dealing with as a society right now. Yeah. Um, and 
it was, uh, I can say from my own personal experience that it was pretty scary and came out of the blue when I had actually just, if you're listening, then you know that I had just gotten over, um, my intestinal issues I was battling. So mm-hmm. I had no idea. I thought that's then when I started feeling crappy from COVID that that's what it was, but unfortunately it was COVID. Well, so that's an interesting segue because the Delta variant COVID symptoms are more mild than the original alpha strain and it does appear more like a cold and even that kind of flagship fever symptom that you're like oh when you get the fever and the massive headache man you've got covid well that's not necessarily true with delta uh, at least not that what we have experienced um and it actually can start with a very mild fever like something that barely even gets up to 100. You might not even register a fever higher than 99. Um, and it starts kind of, the, you only really get a fever at the beginning and then at the end. And it's not this intense high fever the whole time. So the likelihood of missing that you're experiencing COVID is really high. It looks like a, a, an allergy cold. It could look like Yeah, it, it just felt, flu. for me, it just felt like a regular cold. And then... Uh, but the the kicker is the I lost I've, and I still don't have my t- uh, sense of taste or smell back. Um, right. And did you have that kind of whole body like head to toe achy feeling? No, just a headache. When my, like when I would move my eyes, I uh-huh. would feel a headache in my eyes. Yeah, I think that's linked to salt and hydration. I think that's dehydration. Oh goody. Yeah, I'm I'm exploring that right now. I have that same headache behind my eyes right now, and. The problem with when you lose your taste buds is the one taste bud you predominantly lose is the taste of salt. I right. I was able to taste fruit things-ish, but the salt, t- I can't taste at all. And so then you stop eating as much salt, and then your body doesn't hold on to the water that you're drinking um, as well. And, and so then you end up dehydrated. But on the flip side, if you also eat too much salt then your body dehydrates it because it's trying to get rid of the salt. So there's, there's this dehydration dance that happens. It's, it's kind of super annoying, but um, the headache is a pretty key indicator that there's a hydration issue. And it's a, it's a hour by hour kind of battle that you have to go through and keeping a toddler hydrated. Oh my gosh, there are easier things in the world. That is not one of them. You just got to hold them underwater. (laughs) I couldn't even get him in the bath. He's, um, his sensory sensitivity issues were, were escalated. Um, typically he loves the water. I could not bribe him into the water. I mean, I must've wasted two or three bathtubs full of water trying to get him in the bath this week. Took me one half a tub. Well, dad has superpowers. That's right. Superman. Yeah. He wouldn't even play in the water in the sink like he normally does where he kind of um, like rinses all my dishes for me, even the clean ones, super sweet of him, but he wouldn't even play in the water. <clears throat> so something with his sensory perception was off. Yeah. Sorry if I seem a little out of it. I'm st- even though I've been, uh, not symptom free, I guess, cause I'm still feeling kind of crappy, but, um, I've not been, uh, Acute. contagious for a week. I've been acute. I've been acute for a, long, <laughs> for a long time. I'll have you know. I'm adorable. You are adorable. Um, I I did teach Declan how to water the plants. Is that like a a pee thing? Did no, <laughs> that's how Dad would do it. No, no. Okay. 
Well, when you're in quarantine with a toddler, you know, for <clears throat> 10 to 14 days, you, you start to like really have to search for things to do. Because if, if, if you're not in the mood to go through, you know, all your drawers and get organized, like a lot of people use their quarantine time to do it, the toddler will definitely do it. Just pull everything out of your drawers. And so I was like, oh, let's be productive. So I was trying to teach him how to water the plants. And he has this little step stool and he likes to climb it, two-step stool to get up to the sink. And so he likes my little watering can, his little blue plastic thing. And he can get up the steps himself and take the watering can and balance it on the sink bar, you know, between the two sinks and then turn on the water himself. And he knows when to turn off the water so that the can's not too heavy. And then he's like, mom, help. So I have to pull him down. But then he goes and dumps all like the whole 32 ounce thing into my poor tomatoes. Uh oh. And one time is fine. It, it, it's like a 16 inch pot. Like it, it could handle a good full container. But once he did it once, he was so excited that he'd learned this new skill that he got, he went back for more water like five times. And I only have two planters at his level. So he watered. They were doomed from the start. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was like, how do I stop this? He put so much water in my tomatoes that it actually split my tomatoes on the vine. <laughs> wow. So your tomatoes got like, they overindulged. <laughs> they got a little drunk. Yeah. It was, uh, it was an interesting moment. So how did you keep yourself busy? Um, <laughs> during COVID. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't, I didn't keep myself busy at all. I was I'm still so fatigued and exhausted and feel lethargic. Like I don't the fact that I'm even here right now took effort. Kind of a miracle, yeah. To plug in three to plug in two microphones and and move a chair around. I'm like, uh, I'm wiped out. Yeah, we talked before about hyperfixation. I know that for me, and I'm on a ton of B vitamins right now, so I have this like false sense of energy, but in my voice, but, um, I just even watching a 24 minute program was mentally exhausting. Like trying to follow a train of thought for that long. I was almost going, man, I, I miss blaze and Paw Patrol. Those are much easier for my brain to kind of follow along. Cause it, I mean, I don't think people talk enough about how mentally draining COVID is. It is. Yeah. It's like mentally draining physically. And then, you know, you add to that the fact that you're not really feeling like eating. And so, like, I mean, I might choke down a meal a day, but everything else is just liquid diet. Just, Basically. Just because I know that I want to eat, but then when I actually do eat, doesn't, nothing doesn't taste like anything. Mm -mm. So it's very disappointing and not satisfying at all. Yeah, it's super trippy to not be able to taste or smell your food. <clears throat> yeah. I tried to add some because I had some pasta. So I was like, oh, I'm going to add a little tomato sauce. I wonder if this tomato sauce is any good. So I'm like <laughs> sniffing it <laughs> <laughs> like, like a psychopath. And I'm like, I can't smell anything. Really? I was like, I guess it's I guess it's safe to eat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I Tomatoes, fresh tomatoes, like especially because he was splitting them no, off my No, tomato vine. sauce. I couldn't taste tomato sauce either. But I could taste a fresh tomato. Uh, well, you're, you're ahead of me then on the on the tasting scale because I I can't I can't taste anything. Wow. So yeah, I am able I to taste. Anything. Have you tried fruit? Can you taste fruit? I can taste. I've, I mean, like I can sort of taste bitterness and sourness. Like I can I note 
that they're there and like in like one of the uh, fruit drink drinks is got apple and so there's like that apple sweetness that you mm-hmm. can like the pectin yeah the, the tangy and i can sort of sense that but it's very dulled and numb hmm. uh and that's the only it's one note if 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 a whole note Oh man, that's not good. Well, I tell you, I got that boost immunity juice for both of us and it's like elderberry and echinacea and I can't taste what it's supposed to taste like, but it is, it is sour. Yep. I can taste sour like, oh, and I tried to eat an orange and I love fresh oranges when we're sick. I always get that. Like when we have colds and we have colds a lot, um, which I think the neurobiodiverse population obvious (laughs) ovulates. No, (laughs) Um, I don't know what word I was going for, but um, we... Obfuscates. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. Okay. I was just I trying think to we, throw out a smart think, sounding word. No, those are good words. I wish they were the, the one I was thinking of, but um, I think we're a little bit more prone to allergies and colds on a regular basis. So I have kind of a cold protocol that I, that I keep and fresh oranges is one of them. And he always will just sit down and eat a fresh orange, but he wouldn't touch it. And so then I was like, oh, let me take a bite of this thing. Oh my gosh. I've never seen, I've never experienced oranges being super sour and bitter before, but that's how they taste to me now. I'm like, this, this sucks. Yeah. I wonder if anyone had, because of the sensory issues dealing with COVID, um, you know, what their experience would be. I guess I'm one to Mm -hmm. maybe chime in on that because I notice how important food is in my life <laughs> like yeah. right now because now when I go to I mean I've lost weight to the point where both you know you and my mom have both been like you look thinner in the face oh, which my is such an insult you. no my sister saw you yesterday at the mailbox and she said the same thing she goes I see it he's lost weight in his face cool I'm glad that I had a fat face before I did I mean I, I was on zoom with my aunt yesterday and she's like you've lost weight and I was like yeah I know I was chunky <laughs> I'm not looking forward to getting back to that again where people just lie to my face and they're like, oh, yeah, looking like you. Oh, well, you never asked. Well, the COVID diet is a real thing. I mean, you will lose you will lose some weight. You lose the COVID-19. Yeah, the (laughs) COVID-19. That's funny. I get that. You finally get it. I mentioned it yesterday, too. Oh, I totally missed it yesterday. (laughs) Right over the head. (laughs) Tell you, man, that mental fatigue. It's real. I agree. So but you've made a really strong point. Uh, I've made I'm, several. I'm getting distracted. I'm sorry. The what did you say? Oh, the sensory issue. <laughs> so sensory issues are commonly connected to food pickiness because textures are an issue. And um, I'm really starting to wonder, you know, if sensory issues also throw off taste buds. But how, like, how would you ever know that? Because you never taste food through someone else's mouth. So you just, you know think that that's how everything tastes but until you notice that nothing tastes like anything cardboard and then you go oh this is a problem yeah i mean it's funny because certain things that i don't really love Mm -hmm. like i don't really love i never really loved popcorn and he's uh the baby was trying to feed me popcorn last night we're sharing and as he's giving it to me i'm eating it just like out of politeness but what's funny is that (laughs) the texture of it was so blah and bland uh-huh. it's hard that it that in, and it's like stick, sticking to my teeth so all the things i hate about popcorn must be in the texture oh because it made it worse because it made it worse now did you do stovetop or did you do microwave i did the microwave popcorn yeah so the advantage and i understand that with covid there's no energy so to stand there and make stovetop popcorn you only do if you have a house like mine where you don't 
own a microwave and love popcorn so you have no choice (laughs) but um the butter helps with the texture of popcorn that you wouldn't necessarily get you know on microwave popcorn it's got the, the the stuff that i use has the real real style butter on it it says it right on the package real style that come from a cow yeah Oh, there's like it's got real a picture of a cow cows. squirting milk into a guy's <laughs> mouth. Well, who knows what that stuff's made of? But it does, right? It does um, resemble. Man, words today, pulling those out of my brain. It does resemble a fat. So I mean, I can see how that would help create a more moisturized texture. But popcorn is really straight from the cow's teat. <laughs> it can taste really stale really fast when you can't taste the butter and yeah. the salt or the flavor of popcorn it's literally like balls of cardboard yeah for valentine's cardboard day balls you got me three oh, pounds of of popcorn which is like an ideal gift for me i mean oh i love popcorn and i would love to never have to share it but apparently i pass that taste bud onto my son so you forced it onto him (laughs) he will sit and eat all my popcorn with me we went through three pounds of popcorn in like 30 days and that's why they're judging us for how fat our little one is (laughs) he's not they didn't have his height so disproportionately if you don't know that he's 39 inches tall and 35 pounds seems heavy but you've seen him he's he's a very thin well-structured child he's not fat at all that's right she's just missing half built like a brick shit house like my dad used to say (laughs) (laughs) oh my god his head is so solid i think he has a headache and he can't communicate it because he can't say that to me yet but in the last couple of days, he's been just body dropping me. He's got that all that power and energy, and he's sensory seeking. So he's even more sensory seeking on COVID, which is, which is difficult for my neighbors and myself. But he's basically like using his body as a cannonball and just dropping that heavy skull right into my rib cage. I was like, Mom, he's gonna break my wrist, and then he just starts st- from a standing position and he's falling right into pillows on the bed. And then eventually he'll like put his hand on his head and I'm like, oh my gosh, you've got a headache. And, and he does. And so then I noticed, okay, I have I given him his B vitamins today? Um, he has a 5-MTHFR gene mutation. Do you know if you have that? Um, LMNF, uh, what is it? L-F-M-L-O-P? Just to be explicit, the nickname here is the 5-motherfucker gene because it's 5-MTHFR. So everyone calls it that word i don't know if i have the five motherfucker gene but if you it's apparently 60 percent of americans have it i have it it's genetic so um i it runs through i know for a fact it runs through my mom's side of the family i'm pretty sure it runs through my dad's side of the family because i have two different gene mutations of it he has it what it means is that we don't assimilate or absorb the folic acid that we're eating in our food or in our supplements unless it's methylated, which is a very fancy word for saying it's been changed so that the gene mutation doesn't impact it. it that it's So it's methylated, meaning it has meth in it? No, it's just the process of which the vitamin... making meth. Understood. Well, you know, I, I couldn't let you be the only one on a, on a methyl... Uh, product um okay don't don't <laughs> no. drag me into this no no it's a methyl it's it's methylated folic acid or or something called folate but or motherfucker for short <laughs> <laughs> 
you know what? When you're short of B vitamins, man, it's not uncommon to have. Is that, that why they're because life's a B? <laughs> oh no, so but that's B vitamins. Funny. Life's a B. I'm gonna use that. That's that's actually <laughs> it's really good. Um, you're very funny. I enjoy you. Thank you. But he has this methylated B issue. <laughs> right. And so when you don't get enough of your B vitamins, which, by the way, your body burns during stress and an active immune response. So you act actively have to be supplementing with vitamin B during COVID. If you don't, you can end up with a headache. Um, because folic acid is our body's ability to create new red blood cells and therefore blood oxygen. So it's common for neurobiodiverse people with autism and ADHD to also have this 5-MTHFR gene mutation. And because we're already living in a higher state of fight or flight, you're burning through the B vitamins faster. So it's really important, COVID aside, that you're adding these B vitamins back in. But especially if you have COVID, it needs to be a daily practice. So he hadn't had his B vitamins in like, 24 hours or so and you could tell he's sitting there banging his head on everything and i'm like he's gonna break a rib what am i missing oh b vitamins see I, i've been talking to foreigners a lot lately <laughs> so i've been taking d vitamins because that's what foreigners take they take d vitamins <laughs> i get it i get it jesus it only <laughs> it took, took you. me a minute I'm sorry like, man you just left me hanging on that i know i'm like joke. i'm trying really hard to, i get it <laughs> d, d vitamins d vitamins d vitamins well, that's because you have the gift of impressions and that's right um, yeah who was that an impression of kids a foreigner <laughs> that's a white person's impression of a foreigner <laughs> <laughs> your your irish accent is really good irish is not too bad no not bad not, no. But this is some of the things that I've been studying with neurobiodiversity and COVID because on one hand, like I said, we're, we're a little bit more at risk for bringing home this Delta variant because the symptoms are, you know, there's nasal. Uh, I don't know about you, but my penis got bigger. <laughs> I, I would. <laughs> <coughs> You're make me die. <laughs> now they, they don't call it a side effect they call that the long effect <laughs> <laughs> sorry I, just, I don't know what that had to do with anything it that's funny came to me oh never mind you know i'm working on a blog post that explains all this i my brain i, I don't have the brain to remember it all right now uh i'll i'll drop a link in the facebook group when i get it done but um there are considerations that we need to make when, if you're home with your uh, children, neurobiodiverse children, getting them through COVID. But I, I have a whole other thing to explain all that. So I'm glad to see you're feeling better. Thank you. <laughs> I've missed your sense of humor. Uh, it's really difficult to stay kind of emotionally positive when you... Are COVID positive. <laughs> yes. I like that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, um, I don't know. Uh, oh my God, Rochelle has nothing to say. <laughs> I have nothing to say. It's a miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> <laughs> don't choke. <laughs> um, well, what else did we want to talk about? Uh, I don't want to just drag on about COVID the whole time. No, no, no. I need something else to think about. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I've been getting some really positive feedback about our last episode, um, our women autistic 
It's, and, and you know what? I think they might be. I think so too. And very under-recognized, like we said, because the feedback that I'm getting is, hey, you guys said some things that really helped me identify with myself and the things I haven't heard before. So um, kudos to the research you did. I, um, I, I thank you for that. And I appreciate all the women with autism that are listening or, or think that they may be autistic. Didn't get a lot of topless photos, though. Did, oh, did you ask? Oh, send all your topless photos. No, 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 don't. Oh, <laughs> Just denied <laughs> by a schlong shield. Hey, now. <laughs> and long story. That's a family name. I know. What? I said schlong shield. You did. You did. Now, now explain it. Oh, should I? Well, I'll say this, and then we'll let leave the rest to everyone's imagination, but my families there's a maiden name in my family called wang's guard that's right i used to think rochelle was saying wayne's guard like guard of wayne but yeah. then i looked at it on a, it was written out one day and it said wang's guard and i was like wang's guard that's like cock block yeah so your mom's name is cock block <laughs> and then i just started to come up with all the different ways that i could say that and one of them is i was like schlong shield which just yeah. sounds funny to me. It does. It sounds funny. So, anyway, moving on. So, um, how did you feel on COVID? With never better. Oh, your sorry. I'm taking forever to ask the question, but with with your medications, like aren't you know you're uh, on ADHD medications, which yeah. you know have an impact on your energy levels, and then you had COVID. Yeah, I mean, I would say that uh, the medications were fighting awfully hard to try and work, but not really. Um, they weren't really taking hold. <laughs> I, I honestly don't ever really feel like the medication, it doesn't really change me necessarily. I just notice like if I don't take it, I feel kind of weird. Hmm. Um, but taking it when I'm, when I was sick, I just, I just felt sick. So it didn't really make that much of an impact. Okay. Well, that's fair. That's good to, it's good expectation to put out there though. Like I said, the biggest thing, like I, I was dreaming last night about going to medieval times again because i was like oh uh, i want to eat their chicken yeah the tomato soup and the tomato soup but i can't taste anything so it's like right now any food like we had olive garden which already doesn't taste great but if you suck all the remaining i mean at least there's salt in their food yeah and it can't even taste the salt so that sucked i mean that's one of the things that you look forward to the most i was having this conversation with my sister yesterday and her taste buds are gone too and She's like, oh my gosh, when I get through this, I want to eat a pizza and I want sushi and I want this. And you just sit there and dream of all the comfort foods because mm -hmm. emotional eating is a real thing. Um, and I'm with you. I'm like, yep, I want to eat this. I want to eat that. And you just look at food and you walk in your kitchen and you're like. Mm. Well, and it kind of reminds me of when I was sick as a kid. You know, I wasn't allowed to eat anything. Oh, yeah, for a while, right? Wasn't that like 10 or 15 days? Like it was I don't a while. remember exactly. How, it was a long time. Yeah, it's um, similar to the COVID timeline, it seems like. But the difference was, I mean, I still had taste buds. Oh, sure. So I could have eaten things, and I did. I got in trouble for eating Hostess cupcakes, which I maybe have mentioned on the show before. I don't remember. I mean, who can turn down a Hostess cupcake? Or, or seven. <laughs> in a row well it's like the funniest thing because like it's you're, you're like if i'm gonna get busted for eating i'm going out on top <laughs> in the whole box that's right well my mom and my stepdad used to they would go to costco and they would buy like the you know the industrial size chocolate bars the the packets that you would yeah. see at the at the grocery store yeah. 
And so we would get those boxes and, and I wasn't allowed to eat. And then one day I was like, fuck it. And then couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> I was like, no more jello. Um, and then when I actually was able to eat again, when I was actually not sick, I was allowed to eat again. I had this whole thing like where I was like, okay, you got to go to this particular pizza place. And then they had to go get wings. Mm-hmm. from, Yeah. Um, Cause I loved the wings that they had at uh, claim jumper. Mm-hmm. They're and, good. And then uh, there's this little place off of Van Buren, in Riverside called New York Pizza. I think it's still Is this there. California? In California. Yeah. Yeah, down the street from the drive-in. We used to go and... Oh, yeah. You took me swing there. Swing by there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. I love their pizza. And so there in the wings and then uh, it was... It, and it's like I'm my mouth is watering now because I'm like, oh, remember when you could taste. Yeah. Food is super emotional. You know, that, that satisfying part of being human. So, I mean, that's... Yeah. You got to have the willpower to know that this is temporary. But my understanding... Well, at least from when we went through this with Alpha, the, the taste bud dysfunction like it lasts that and the fatigue can last the longest fatigue sounds like a really cool last name fatigue yeah johnny fatigue yeah that's that sound like something i mean it's the new buzzword so sure is it fatigue fatigue yeah yeah i'm just saying it sounds like a like an action star hey so what do you got there is that a book (laughs) that was like the worst um (laughs) segue in history Hey, what do you have there? Is that paper with words on it? <laughs> hey, yeah, we're, we're lucky I, Declan didn't take a whole pen to my my book. You know, I want to. There is something I wanted to say because before I even read this book, you know, I didn't realize that Temple Grandin has so many haters. She, Does she really? She, yeah, she's like the Dane Cook of autistic women or something. I didn't know that. Yeah, where are you like, picking that up? From like autism groups. Really? Yeah, like the, her name will be mentioned, and someone will be like, "She's a real bitch." And I'm really? Like, well, yeah. Oh my gosh, crazy? I didn't know that. No, I haven't been um, tuned into those. I've just been listening to audiobooks and reading Temple's work and um, she's got a new, maybe it's not new, but she's got a platform she's trying to reach people on um, that I can't remember. Social media? What it's called now, I have to look it up. But wow, I didn't know that. I I would consider Temple to be one of the leading authorities, especially on autism and women, but in autism in general. Well, I mean, that's why we were going to talk about this book, but I thought it would be pertinent to at least point out that, yeah, not everyone that is autistic really likes Temple Grandin for several reasons. Um, That would be something interesting to see if anyone wants to share uh, on the Facebook group. Yeah, I definitely don't have that experience. Um, I'm I'm a Temple fan. Yeah, I I was going to... It's funny because I was actually going to watch that movie. They made a movie about her. Did they? Is it the one... I think... Who's in that? Um, I want to say Claire Danes or something, but oh, interesting. Uh, let me look. Let me look that up. Actually, I watched a really cool video of hers, <clears throat> an interview she did with someone. Uh, nailed it. Oh, tell me, Claire Danes. Really? Booyah! Man, you have that superpower, Blake. Uh, let's see. It came out eleven years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Your memory is sharp. David Strathern's in it, Julie Armand, Catherine O'Hara. I don't know who those are. Um Catherine Catherine O'Hara was the she's the mom in in Home Alone. Home Alone. Okay, I know and that one. And David though. Strathern was in um what the hell is the name of that movie? The first movie, well, he he was in uh that movie with Meryl Streep and Kevin Bacon. Um fuck is that movie called? 
he was in Good Night, Good Luck, was which was like I think he might have been nominated for an Academy Award or something. Wow, I didn't know about any of that. But, I'll um, look it up. He though. was in the Bourne movies. Okay, well um, I know those. And then the the movie I was thinking of is something there were like on an, in a river. The River Wild is that what it's called? Something like that. Mm, I don't remember that it's one. Like this is Blake Buster at work, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry. Well, I mean, let me just finish my thought here. No, I'm saying it's an impressive superpower. Oh, that's right. He's in a league of their own. As who? Uh, Ira Lowenstein. Oh. Oh, oh I know who he is now. <laughs> no, you don't. I do. I know who that character is. Ira Lowenstein. I oh don't... God, yes, I know him. <laughs> yes. Oh, see, look, the River Wild. Tom. That's right. Look he plays. At you. He plays the dad. Boom. I knew. Man, it was... it's such an impressive database, and that is actually one of the things that Temple taught me about was how an autistic brain creates such an impressive database you just proved it right there i just watched it in living magic living living magic in living magic yeah because what what she described was this concept of when you learn something new so for example like the characters and the actors in a movie and you've identified with with that knowledge somehow so an emotional experience so you watched a movie you enjoyed it you remembered the actors you remembered the characters right it becomes a data point in your database and because you've had a chance to look at it and bring the information in and then make a decision about it your decision was probably like hey i like this movie or i like this character or, or this actor then it becomes usable data that you can pull up out of your like database your mental database I'm going to go check my bank account right now because I would like my David Strathern check. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm telling you, if, if you had a way to turn this into money, you'd be rich because this is part of your database is that you emotionally connect to these these movies and these details and then you can recall any of it for life. And so we've talked before about shared interests and hyperfixation and and it's one of the challenges that creates socially social interaction challenges for between neurotypical and neurobiodiverse people right because you have the ability to have this expansive amount of knowledge that will basically intimidate the hell out of a neurotypical and they they'll end up throwing back those all that quippy crap about i didn't just watch the movie yesterday or i didn't memorize it or some sort of cop out that just lets you know you're intimidating them yeah i'm sure you've heard all that all the time and their their goal of course is to make you feel small because your brain made them feel small which is a crappy way of treating somebody. But I would say to everyone out there, if you get those types of responses, just know you're winning because it means that your database is stronger than theirs. You have, ti- you have tiger blood. <laughs> exactly. It's it's a superpower. Own it as a superpower, but just know that not everyone can appreciate it. But that's your superpower at work right there. You know, this. I mean, it's like I said in an earlier episode, I can walk in, you can walk into a movie I'm watching and be like, hey, that's so-and-so from 20 years ago in this obscure film you've never heard of. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And sure enough, you not only have the ability to recognize their voice, but you can like computer accurately age their face. You've seen them as a child and 20 years later, you still recognize them. My brain can't do that. I'm like, no, it's I should be working for the police department. You might be able to, man. There's some skill in there. There's a marketable skill. When you can combine your superpower skills with a career, you're unstoppable. Show me your kid, and in 20 years, I'm going to tell you if that kid is the same kid. <laughs> and if I'm right, I get a million dollars. There you go. I'm just going to go door to door and be like, show me your kid. 
Well, we got to figure out a way to make that a marketable skill, but I'm telling you, man, you don't it's think that'll impressive. work if, if a strange man just walks up asking for pictures of people's kids? I don't think that'll fly, <laughs> especially... No, it's cool. I just want to hold on to this for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta flush that one out. Cork autism is one, or autism cork. I can't decide. Cork I, autism sounds like this. shutting up people that are autistic. Sorry, no, shove no, a no. cork in it, autistic <laughs> person. I found well, I, it's weird because it's called the Cork Autism Conference of 2021, but the email to me comes across as autism cork, so I don't know which one's correct. But this is one of. I'm more interested in cork soaking. Okay, well, I'd like to drink the wine from Soaking that. cork. But this is one of Temple's new you know, projects. Don't you remember that from Saturday Night Live? What? Cork soaking? I don't really watch. Oh, that's it's that's a funny no. one. That's the, they're Italian. Anyway. Oh, clear. wow. But she she brings together in this new conference, she's um, it totally just blew me off in my cork soaking. Yeah, because I don't get it. <laughs> Sorry. You don't get it? I don't get it. No, it, the whole joke is it's the Italian saying cork soaking, like... Oh, my mother's a soak to so many corks. Oh, I didn't go nope. there at all. No, <laughs> I, I well, I'm glad I did. I'm <laughs> I feel like an idiot. I didn't. I'm sorry. I my again. It's that mental moving decay. on. It's not my bit anyway. It's someone else's. OK, well, fair enough. Well, she's got a, an autism conference that she's um, who. Oh, I guess this is in July. Maybe I. Maybe I'm late to the party here, but she brought together a variety of different doctors and lecturers to who? speak on autism. Temple Grandin. Oh, okay. That's why I'm making sure we're still talking about the same person. Yeah, I don't know why so I sound like an owl. I don't. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. I don't know if it's autism cork or cork autism, but try Googling both. But um, there's some really interesting videos she's releasing there, but she's the one who taught me about bottom-up thinking, which is this concept we're talking about, about how you build your database with I lost my whole train of thought. That's a miracle. <laughs> that never happens. It's gone. All what? right. Bottom up thinking. So face down, ass up thinking. <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> it's just reminding me of the picture you sent me last night. Oh, of Declan? Yeah, man. Let, dude, please get it, <laughs> go into more detail. Just in saying at face down, ass up, and then talking about our two-year-old. <laughs> well, you're telling me... <laughs> Yeah, but you know him, that's pretty appropriate because he has developed this new stage of his personality and it's typical with the twos, you know, he's all, he'll be three in November and so here it comes, this really defiant, no mom, you know, like he's going to do what he wants to do when he wants to do it and so getting him to take a bath as we've talked about with the sensory issues of water this week on COVID has been like nothing short of a miracle and, and I, I failed time and time again, but yesterday um you were successful you were successful and beforehand he did his best to defy you and pouted um by he was all ready for his bath so we'll just say he's ready to be put into the tub yes and he's pouting so he goes face down on the rug and just lays there like uh uh-uh, i'm not getting in the tub i'm gonna just lay here that's right and i had to snap a pic <laughs> i'm sitting here working on my computer and i see this picture come over and i'm like yeah that's <laughs> sounds about right so super cute but kids do the funniest things i think it's important to take advantage of the chance to just laugh about them um and be in the moment as much as possible because Regardless of COVID, I think uh, with neurobiodiversity, whether it's ADHD, whether it's hyperactive or inattentive or 
autism or both or you add in anxiety and you add in depression these are all different ways that we get taken out of the moment you know where simple events like trying to negotiate a bath can feel really frustrating and overwhelming and like you're losing but the ability to find humor in it like you did last night and just sit in the moment and be like yep we're gonna be cranky and defiant but let's have fun with it I thought I really applaud you for how you did that Thank you. It was funny because I was thinking of that scene from Demolition Man. When, <laughs> oh, you got to explain this. When So in the beginning of the movie, basically, he gets charged with killing all these people. Um, and so he ends up having to be frozen and they you're naked. Okay. And then when you get defrosted, you're laying there all like naked. And so like it, it was thinking like that or like Terminator you know what I mean? Like, yeah. because they're, they're always like naked at the beginning of the right, movie. Right, right, right. And there's like Declan laying face down with his little butt <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> and I was just like, I have to take a photo of this to bribe, to, you know, this this will be great uh, way to bribe um, him in the future. <laughs> like, I'm going to show everyone the naked picture of you. <laughs> but um, yeah, he just looked like, so because he was so pissed off, he just looked like a guy that was just like brought back from the dead. Yeah, he was pouting big time. I, I've he started to really perfect that pout, um, and and get the facial expressions to go with it. And I and I will say this, you know, facial expressions with autism are something um, that we need to encourage as parents. Like we really need to model um, a variety of facial expressions, and just getting down on the floor with our kids and just making stupid faces with them is actually really. Uh, impactful for them not just neurologically but also from a muscle tension standpoint and because and and it's a big deal for speech which people don't always know that if you will sit there and teach them how to go like ah oh you know and make different um you want to do that again i I don't know if i can okay i'll try like ah oh so you're make make putting your mouth in different shapes it's It, while it seems fun and they'll be distracted by the fun and they're modeling what I'm you're doing. I'm having the best time. Right? I look like an idiot, right? Ah! Um, right. But ah, ooh. you're actually teaching them to form with their mouth the formations of speech. So like how they say, oh, or how they say, ah, you know, it, those things are all connected. So the speech therapist was teaching me uh, the importance of just getting in a mirror and just making faces for 10 or 15 minutes actually helps to improve muscle tone in their face, but also their language and speech capacity because they're all super connected. So there's a science behind why you should do it, but the the message I'm trying to send is go have fun. Just go have fun. We should encourage our children to be like Jim Carrey. Actually, there's a lot of advantages to that. Yeah. Yeah, a ton. To being a Jim Carrey type. Well, I mean, Lots at of least goofy fa- faces, goofy faces in the mirror. Absolutely. And and more importantly, like letting them see you do it because they're modeling you the first six years. Um, they say children are in a theta brainwave space. And I hope I picked the right brainwave. I think it's theta where they're they're more open and they don't have a filter and their subconscious is just learning. And so everything we do, they're modeling us. So um, but the thing about it, about an autistic brain is that it it is a disorder of intuitional learning. You're not intuitionally learning. So they're not watching you and automatically learning unless you're sitting right next to them, making eye contact, bringing them into your moment. So again, adding that bottom-up thinking of the experience and the emotional connection, then they can learn from what you're showing them. 
but you can't just do all of these things in your everyday life and expect them to watch you and pick it up like it would with a neurotypical kid. It doesn't work that way. So I'm saying create a big moment around it. And if you do, not to plug back, but if you do end up finding yourself with 10 to 14 days of nothing else to do because you're home nursing COVID or just in quarantine being safe, it's not a bad way to spend two or three hours, you know, just sitting through, sitting and going through these things. It actually passes the time. It's somewhat more enjoyable than TV. You can get tired of watching TV real fast. I got tired of watching TV. I never thought I'd say that. I did. I did. I got, and he did. He did too. After like the third day, he was like, no, mom. <laughs> yeah. And he was pulling everything out of my drawers. I was like, oh, that's going to be a long two weeks. <laughs> so facial expressions, a good thing, especially when we make them together. Okay. More facial expressions. Ah. Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll join you in a moment. Um. So was that an, was that another one too? Um, no, <laughs> I I totally got tangential on us there and distracted us from the book where you talked about Temple Grandin, but we were trying to get into the the nitty gritty, yeah, of unwritten rules of social relationships, decoding social mysteries through autism's unique perspectives. This is one of my Dr. favorite Temple Grandin and Sean Barron. Yeah. Chapter one. No, I'm just kidding. And it's available on an audiobook. Honestly, I've read um, probably about seven or eight autistic books now from autistic authors. This is by far my favorite, the most informative. Um, I think she does an excellent job. I haven't gotten to Sean's chapters yet, but if you have not already picked this book up, um, do so. But what caught your interest? In the book? In the book. I don't know. You said you told me to flip to a page. I did. What what page did you find? One twenty five. Oh, oh, I know that page. One of my favorites. <laughs> I have no idea what's on that page. <laughs> Tell me what Should we're I doing. Read it and then I have no idea what it what it says. It okay. Just says two thousand seventeen reflections from Temple. Oh, cool. So who knows what she's saying here? Okay. I want to stress even more the importance of problems caused by sensory oversensitivity. I know individuals on the ASD spectrum who are so sound sensitive that they cannot tolerate a dinner in a noisy restaurant. Mm -hmm. It is impossible to be social if the sensory environment of social places cannot be tolerated. In my case, I can tolerate the noisy environment, but listening to conversations in such a setting has become difficult. Since the first edition, I have lost hearing in one ear, and this has made me made hearing conversations in a noisy environment harder to do. Wow. Um, you, you struggle in noisy environments like restaurants. I do. I don't like it. Uh -uh. Not everyone. Do, do people enjoy being around so much noise that they're overwhelmed by it? Or am I just alone in being overwhelmed? Well, I mean, I, so if your auditory nerves are a little more on the desensitive side, being in a loud place doesn't even phase them. Like it, does, it won't phase that nerve at all. You'll just take the noise in and filter it out and it won't like alarm it won't trigger your reticular alarm system or your fight or flight system so i mean it just comes down to how you're wired and, and and in that case my understanding is the sensory sensitive issues of the auditory nerve are more prevalent it's one of the cats oh she's chirping at a hummingbird yeah um 
and there's often auditory processing issues on top of it. So there's a sensory overload issue of the auditory nerve, and then there's auditory processing issues as that nerve brings information into the brain, and the brain scrambles it. So um, no, everyone experiences this differently, even on the spectrum. Everyone can have different tolerances of noise. Um, you know, like there's environments Declan tolerates better than you, and then there's environments um, that you tolerate better than him. Restaurants make sense because you're trying to be social on top of hearing all the other background noise. I will tell you that I'm becoming super, super sensitive to rude people like in tables that are loud and drunk and crying and, you know, that kind of just. Where are you going to where are you going to eat that people are loud and drunk and crying? Well, the last couple of places we went out to eat before all of this. Remember, there was that pizza place and then, oh, my sister and I went to dinner one night and. Same thing, table behind us, but they're just all loud, drunk, and crying. And I was, and I become really intolerant of like, I'm like, ugh, <laughs> I don't want to listen to this. But it's not the same thing as what you're describing. That's right. Mine's worse. Yeah, you're describing. <laughs> 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 I'm emotionally intolerant to what I'm hearing. You're you're actually perceiving um, what you're hearing, and, and it sounds to me like it feels painful. Is that correct? Yes, doctor. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> Sorry, I did sound super is that, weird. Is there. that correct? Is that correct? Yes. Just to, yeah. So, what else does she say about it? Oh, I don't know. Hold on. Uh, what does she say? Didn't you turn the page? I did. Often, I have to say this ear has stopped working. So, talking to my good one mm. to hear, I have to turn my good ear toward the speaker and not look directly at him or her. I am now almost 70 and I'm finding aging to be difficult. It is similar to being an older car with parts that stop working. My mind is the same, but my body doesn't work as well. I get asked all the time, what is your number one priority for autism research? I would love to see researchers discover treatments for sensory oversensitivity. Mm-hmm. For young kids, loud sounds can often be better tolerated if the child has some control, such as wearing headphones or earbuds to mask out some of the noise. Mm-hmm. The child can keep the headphones with her to use as needed. However, if she uses headphones, encourage her to only wear them when she really needs them. If headphones are worn all the time, problems with sound sensitivity will become worse. If a child has difficulty tolerating a noisy supermarket, allow her to have control of the time she is in the store. You're right. What a bitch. I prefer it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm no, that's saying. cool. I prefer Instacart um, and not even having to take them into the stores if they're if they're that sensory sensitive to big box retailers, which can be a visual overstimulation as well as an auditory one. I just prefer to have my groceries delivered. Yeah. Not everyone's rich, Rochelle. Oh, not rich. <laughs> you I, can, I was uh, joking. You can either pay for the $99 Amazon membership prime, which I think everyone at this point has, um, and shares, or you can do the same thing with Instacart. I, I honestly think they're both pretty worth it. But I was in. I was researching B vitamins in the brain mm-hmm. uh, recently, and I found an abstract article um, published, um, the natural... I can't read on my phone what the name of the thing, but anyways, what he was talking about was really in this, not he, the researchers found a direct link between certain deficient B vitamins and our ability to sensory process information. 
And I did not know that these things were connected. I know that there's a B vitamin issue because of the folic acid, you know, and that that gene mutation, the 5-MTHFR. Yes. Um, but I had... Oh, we know all about that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, but I had absolutely no idea that there were some sensory processing things that were connected to this too. I can't pull it up on my phone. Or I'd love to be able to tell you exactly which one does it. Maybe you can pull it up on the computer. What am I looking up? Just go to my bookmarks and go to the very last one. But there actually are B vitamins that can contribute to our ability to process information, sensory processing. That one? No, what what are you lugging as? I don't know. Okay. Go, go uh, we're wasting we're wasting precious time here. Oh, uh, well then don't worry about it. Sorry for this. This is boring, and I'm not editing it out. <laughs> B uh, vitamins in the brain? That's the one. Well, now that you've got it on the big screen, you can see who wrote the article. David O. Kennedy. No, no, no. The the Who published it? NCBI.NLMA.NIH.gov. Okay. Blake. What? <laughs> right there. The National Institute of Health. There you go. The United States National Library of Medicine, National Institutes of Health. There you go. That's what it is. I could not remember that. But And then scroll down and scroll down. Uh-huh. And then here. Sensory perception, B1. Yeah, you got to talk into your microphone. I'm coming back. So... I had no idea no one talks about B1. And even in this abstract article, they... I've never heard about B1 before. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, so stupid. Dad jokes. (laughs) In my brain, as you said that, I saw like B with the the little one and then a B with like the little four. (laughs) That's right. That was funny. Uh, But nobody talks about B1. No one talks about most of the eight B vitamins. And um, what, what I learned is that all eight B vitamins actually cross the blood-brain barrier, which is, uh, which is really important because COVID actually crosses the blood-brain barrier also. But <clears throat> Blood-brain barrier, that's fun to say. Yeah. Its initials are BBB, which are super confusing because when I first read it, I was like, why are we talking about B vitamins in the Better Business Bureau? <laughs> but then I had to realize. Sorry, some douchebag's riding his super. crotch rocket. Um, he ruined my joke, my BBB joke. Yeah. Oh, well, it was like BBW. Big, yeah. big woman. <laughs> <laughs> that used to be me before the COVID diet. Um, anyways, my point is just to say that B vitamins, I've also learned, can have an impact on sensory processing, which I had no idea of before. So. Neither did I. Okay. What else does she say? Oh, I don't know. I don't want to keep reading from this right now. Okay. I didn't know she'd gone deaf in one ear. Um, I have a, a brother with a hearing issue in one ear, and it definitely complicates things because then you have to really decide, like, are you going to, like she said, are you going to move your ear towards the speaker because it, it can make it harder to read their lips, you know, and I can just imagine the difficulty that that adds in trying to socially connect with someone and have a conversation when you're struggling to hear them. 
um, you know, since you're already kind of doing your best to pick up all the social cues and add in everything and then kind of contribute back. It just, it seems that just seems like a lot of work. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to do that. Uh-uh. I feel sorry. I'm, I'm sorry she has that. Me too. So, but hearing, I mean, auditory, the auditory sensory processing issues are a pretty commonly big deal. And there, you know, there's a bunch of movie theaters that have special showings for autistic kids to accommodate for that. I, I always feel like the volume, I'm sensitive to loud volumes in movie theaters, like like the to me, the volume of the voices is never loud enough and the background noise is always too loud. And, um, this isn't about you, Rochelle. This is about autistic children. <laughs> well, maybe I relate to an autistic child. I don't know. Maybe. Um, I've always kind of struggled with those. Maybe those you're not getting enough riboflavin. <laughs> I'm probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Which B vitamin is that? B2. B2. Well, <laughs> Which I've not heard of before. <laughs> right. Actually, this, this article is kind of hilarious to read. Because the guys are like, well... Wait, there is no before? There is no before. <laughs> but there's an after. <laughs> so, um, no, literally it goes from B3 to B5. It does. I know. I don't know What why. comes before B5? <laughs> B2. No, B4. No. What comes before B5? Oh, I got lost. Sorry. It's okay. Very stupid joke. Not not even funny. <laughs> I'm not getting enough riboflavin. <laughs> Or folic acid. What is? Well, I know what folic acid does. What does riboflavin do? Uh, let's see. Oh, I don't. I don't know what it does. Well, Symptoms what are the deficiencies of, of it? So when a, when you weakness, oral pain and tenderness, burning, itching of the eyes, and dermatitis anemia. Huh. Well, I'm probably not getting enough. Oh no! Sorry, dermatitis and anemia. There was a comma there. And anemia. I was going to ask what dermatitis. Dermatidal anemia. <laughs> Huh, I did not know that. I was I thought all anemia was low iron. Huh. I don't know. Well, personality change, brain dysfunction, fatigue. Interesting. I have all of those things. Yeah, so maybe you need some riboflavin. So I need to get some dairy products and some leafy vegetables and legumes. Oh, well, I would steer you away from the dairy products. Yeast. It says yeast, mushrooms, kidneys, and liver. Ew. To get your riboflavin. Okay, well, I'm going to suggest the um, the OptiMethyl B from OHS, Optimal Health Systems, instead because um, dairy is inflammatory. Which of the five motherfuckers is this one? <laughs> <laughs> the optimal opti- <laughs> the OptiMethyl B from um, Optimal Health. That used to be systems. my rap name, OptiMethyl B. <laughs> <laughs> is uh it's a whole food based product um optimal health systems is a whole food based which whole supplement <laughs> <laughs> company um that i work with and you can find the OptiMethyl b on my website richelchandler.com but um but it actually is formulated with all eight of the b vitamins and it's been methylated to work um specifically for those of us with the five motherfucker gene mutation so uh, that's a one way to get your riboflavin without having to eat dairy, which is inflammatory, or liver. Ooh. You never had liver before? It's good. I mean, without any taste buds, I'd be totally willing to try it right now. Well, see, I think oh, that new, the it texture would be, would be a weird gross. thing. It, the, that's why it would taste good is if, 
if you actually had your taste buds. I had um, a duck liver salad. Did you really? When? When I was in uh, France. Really? Yeah. Before With I met me? You. Or, no, oh, no. Before. I met before. You. Oh. And uh, yeah, I had I tried duck for the first time and then like a duck liver salad. I was like, I'm going all out. You're good at that when you travel. You're very experiential, especially with food. I, well, I tried to be. Yeah, and you had snails when we were there last time. I did. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Escargot. Escargot. <laughs> That's right. It's one of my favorite jokes. So, so, so what did it taste like? Duck liver salad? Yeah, duck liver salad. It was, uh, I mean, it's, it almost it tasted like, a, well, the, the duck itself had like a steak-like quality. Okay. It's not as gamey huh. as like a normal bird. Right. Um, it's, it's richer. And then the, I would say the same thing with the liver, like the salad was, um, it was a warm liver salad. Like it sounds gross, but it was really good. Wow. I, I mean, don't know how to explain it. I don't remember what it tasted like. I just remember thinking like, I can't believe I'm enjoying this and I ate every bite. I mean, you said that about the escargot too. So there just must be something. I thought you f- tried that with me. Okay. So I did, but I, I was so worried. I was, I wasn't going to be able to keep it down cause I was pretty sure I was pregnant, but I couldn't say anything, and so I was super weirded out by food, um, and so I didn't give myself a chance to enjoy the one that you let me have, so oh, okay. well, I'd have to try bad. it again, but but I watched you enjoy it. reminded it. me of shrimp. You did say that before, like, yeah. It kind of tastes like, I mean, because, you know, usually with shrimp, it's, you know, there's garlic and butter. I mean, it's, you know. The seasonings, yeah. The seasonings you, is what it tasted like, and, and but, the, but, but then you combine that with the texture of it. Right. It had kind of a shrimp quality to it. Well, and that's so much. I mean, I think one of the things we've we've been spending way too much time talking, not it, just the podcast, but like in the last couple of weeks about food when you don't have taste buds is texture. Um, right. Yeah. Who knows if I would have enjoyed it now? I don't know. Because it would just be the texture of it. Oh, I tried. I, w- I was going to do this like really super healthy thing. And Exercise. I <laughs> <laughs> haven't gotten there yet, no. Okay. Um, but I was like, oh, I was trying to pick my COVID food, you know, my COVID diet. And I was like, oh, Brussels sprouts and I'll make onions, you know, that's onions are really good for the immune system, especially, you know, if they're just barely cooked. Oh, my God, don't do it. It was not pretty. And onions, the texture of onions when you can't taste those yeah. with like, you know, crunchy Brussels sprouts that just taste like rabbit food and oh it was a failed experiment <laughs> I really regretted it but I couldn't throw the food away so I, so I did eat it but yeah not not a good idea <laughs> okay, so good to know but I but this but now you've got me curious about warm duck liver salad like when I get my taste buds back maybe I'll have to add that to the list of like emotional food that you go searching for that sushi pizza and warm duck lover salad maybe yeah i mean it's funny because the place that we went it was in uh i want to say we were in bordeaux or something like that and the we walked up into this little um i guess i mean it was a restaurant but it was just like almost like a cafe like that little bistro where it's kind of outside yeah yeah and like all the little little restaurant where they did all the cooking was inside this little hut almost oh interesting and then they brought the food out to us and um yeah the guy that worked there he comes out and i'm expecting this like really thick french accent and he's like hey guys how's it going (laughs) just oh just super american yeah very american wow but like went to and, and it was some of the best french food Really? I had was made by this like California guy. Wow. I mean, I, there's just something about French food in general. Well, he was saying like his family was there and his family like owned or worked in that restaurant. That's cool. And so he was just kind of like one of the, he was like ho- the host. 
yeah at the time and, and was doing i guess he was doing some of the cooking i just thought that was funny that like was, you get yeah. and you're expecting like bonjour <laughs> and the guy's like hey how's it going i'm like just, wait a minute this is kind of funny I traveled a very long way to hear an accent with yeah. my food. <laughs> I was like, come on, you're French. Be rude and French. <laughs> right. Those are the two things I expect. Yeah, if you don't get attitude with a French meal, something's wrong. But I'm not nothing, nothing against the French. Um, I, I did actually enjoy the food in France probably more than any other country we visited. Uh, aside from Italy, I mean, their food was also really good. But That pizza, that cheeseless pizza was pretty, pretty good. Yeah, there's something. Outside of Pompeii. That was del- I still crave that. Um, oh, that was at that, that was at Pompeii. Is at and you you told me in advance when we were booking our tickets to Pompeii, which we were super excited about. And you're like, and the best pizza in all of Italy is at this place right outside. So I had a really hard time because we waited to eat the pizza until after we went through Pompeii, and I was hungry the whole time. Going, I want that pizza. I want that pizza. I want that pizza. I was, but and it was really worth the wait. It was delicious. It was good. You did not disappoint. Nope, I did not. I did not. <laughs> All my hard work paid off. <laughs> That's right. Hey, you had you did the hard part. You had to remember where the best pizza in Italy was from That's the true. last time you were there. I mean, that's not nothing. That's true. There are a lot of really great places to get pizza in Italy, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I love how they hand it to you with like no, like they don't cut it and they don't really give you like a fork or a knife, you know, we're nope, used to this Americanized. It. Here it is. Yeah. And you're like, uh, and I then and a I th- certain thing is so funny though. I, what I always think was when, uh, you go to sit down in a restaurant, didn't matter what you got, they would bring you ketchup. Was, where was this? In, in Italy. Like, oh. they, cause you're American. They're like, um, Oh, ketchup on everything. They would always bring ketchup. Man, wouldn't you have loved that in Vietnam? You were so the one I was desperate thing, for some ketchup. Man, in we Vietnam. do. We should. We should. Everyone had fr- they had French fries with everything. Everything, but no ketchup. No ketchup. <laughs> I remember you were so excited when we actually found this little grocery mart and had that little like four ounce bottle of ketchup. We should have bought three or four of them, yeah. and I would have. I should have carried it in my purse for you, and we didn't know that was the one thing we were going to want to bring that we didn't. Anytime you, if you if you are lucky enough to travel outside of the country and you like hot sauce or ketchup, bring, bring those it. mothers with you. Yeah, well, I mean, food is such an emotional and satisfying part of living. And when I just, you, that's why I can't stop talking about food. <laughs> We're so I'm just hungry. Like, even things like ketchup, I'm like, oh, ketchup, at <laughs> least it tastes eat. like food. Um, but on, but honestly, you know, if, if, when there's food sensitivities and you have found a, even if it's a condiment, you know, some people it's ranch dressing, some people it's, um, it's mayo, it's like a spicy mayo or something, you know, that it creates that emotional attachment to your food and, cre- and it actually improves your satisfaction. And when, when your enjoyment and your satisfaction are increased on food, your digestion is better. Did you know that? I did. I just learned that. You did. <laughs> Um, I did know that it doesn't hurt to add digestive enzymes uh, since we, we chronically have digestive issues with uh, neurobiodiversity. But but I'm just saying, if you do find that there's something like that, that's really impactful to your ability to enjoy food, just bring it with you. I mean, even not if not everywhere here has the same condiments, even at a restaurant. So true. Um, it can make a really big difference, you know, to your kid. I know that Declan even when his speech was was like eight words and we're telling the doctor, oh, he's got eight to 10 words and they rotate out. You know, the one word that never, he would never rotate out? Sauce. Oh, I was going to say no. Oh, well, that one too. But sauce. Everything was sauce. Butter is sauce. But he so craves sauce. Sauce, my sauce. And, and now like he'll, um, I know when he's healthy fat deficient because he'll literally ask me to give him like slices of butter. And I'm like, oh gosh, 
but sauce. You're going to make him fat. I'm not. No, I don't. I figure out how to give him healthy fats in a meal, but, um, but sauce can be a really big deal. So, you know, when you find something like that and, and you have a child who's a picky eater, just start bringing it with you because anything that can help improve the quality of a meal, uh, is really important. It goes a long way. We spent very little time talking about neurodiversity this uh, this I episode. I think we've done a really good job of weaving it into all these different. We talked a lot about sauce and butter <laughs> and delicious hot and, and, and ketchup. We're hungry, guys. Okay, we're hungry. We haven't had solid, great food in a long time. <laughs> Feels like it's been a long time, um, but we're running long today, so I think we should call it a day. Yeah, I thought we were gonna um, end up with a pretty short episode because. We could barely not um, with the way you talk. <laughs> Why? I, I've lost my train of thought like a dozen times. I'll never get that back. I know. How does it feel? That's how I feel every time. Oh, it's you know, it's really frustrating, and and it. I don't know. I'm kind of fifty percent frustrated, fifty percent liberated by the fact that I have no idea where I was going, and I'm just free to start a whole new thought. You're free balling it. <laughs> I am. That's right. It's uh, I mean, I, I, it's a new feeling. So I, I, it just increases my heart empathy, um, for you. All right. Well, don't forget to check out the Facebook page. You don't sound autistic mm-hmm. and Rochelle's website, RochelleChandler.com. And I have been uploading the most recent podcast episodes to the homepage, um, you know, for easy reference there too. We're on Spotify. We're on, um, Amazon music, Google, Apple, um, audacity. Yeah, we're on a bunch. Or so. not Audacity. That's the program I'm using to re- record it. Oh. Um, uh, what is that called? I don't know. We're on a bunch, but yeah, we're easy bunch. to find. So, and, and at the You said Amazon. That's what I was thinking. It was, what's Amazon's platform called, though? Amazon Music? Audible. Audible. That's what I was thinking, not Audacity. Oh, Audible. I don't think we're on Audible. We though. are. Yeah, we are. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know that. And iTunes. Um, and you can always go to RochelleChandler.com <laughs> for the most recent episode if you're, uh, or the Facebook group, You Don't Sound Autistic. They're listening to the most recent episode if they're listening to this right now. Hooray! Actually, maybe that's not true because this will only be the most recent episode for about a week. Right. But um, if you haven't already heard episodes one through six, uh, go back and check them out because we And do. we know you haven't because not enough people have listened to episode two. It's really weird. What do you guys have against episode two? Someone tell us. Yeah, there's something weird going on there. <laughs> Did we really suck? We must have. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. Number one is our most listened to and number two is our least listened to. Yeah. I and then it's, like, everything else is in between. Yeah. Well, we super appreciate everyone who's listening. I know we talked before about interviewing people on an episode, and we absolutely plan to do that. We've had two volunteers that I'm excited, um, and we will figure out how to do that when we all have a little bit more brain power. Yes. And we've had a meal that we can taste. Once we've all gotten a little bit more riboflavin. <laughs> yes. We'll we'll be back and, and better than ever. Um, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back. My name's Blake. My name's Rochelle. And cue the music. Ba-da-dum-bum-bum. <laughs>